Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continuing on here on a Friday night, final hour this week of Sports Open Line. We've done a bunch of these shows with the uh, Cardinals having their weird, quirky schedule this week. Kind of back to a more normal schedule next week. Monday will be an off day, and then uh, Astros and Yankees coming to town. So as we still try to figure out whether or not the Cardinals have a run in them, next week's going to be a good week to learn something about them because those are good teams coming in. The Astros have scuffled a little bit recently, but I don't think anybody can argue that that's a it's a pretty good team coming in. Uh, the Yankees have not put together the kind of season this year that they were expecting to have. They're a third place team in their division, but they're a third place team with a forty one and thirty four record. Uh, they're playing five forty seven baseball. They would be the first place team in the Central if they had that record in in uh, in the division, and they've played a little bit better baseball here uh, recently. It's still just wild looking at the American League East where every single team has a positive run differential. There is no other division like that. There's two divisions with four teams with a positive run differential in the AL West, Rangers, Astros, Angels, Mariners, and then in the NL West, the Diamondbacks, Giants, Dodgers, and Padres, where in the NL Central, only one team has a positive run differential. And interestingly enough, it's the uh, Chicago Cubs. They are plus 26 in run differential. The Cardinals have the second best run differential in the National League Central, and they are at uh, minus 10. There was a bit of a trade made today. Not a bit of a trade. There was a trade made today in baseball. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, that it is starting to feel like the time where maybe we will start to see some activity. And the Angels, who are putting together – a nice season. They're contending, and it seems like you know we, we can revisit this in a month, but at least here at the moment, it does not feel like they're going to trade away Shohei Otani. They're going to try to make a little bit of a run here. Uh, they are six games back in the American League West, but they've got a 41-35 and 35 record here uh, at this point. If the season ended right now, they would be a half game out of a playoff spot. They, the Yankees at uh, 41 and 34 would be the team that would take the final playoff spot in the American League. And then the Blue Jays and the Angels are each 41 and 35 and are each sitting a half game back. But the Angels, it just got reported by our guy, Robert Murray, who is scheduled to join us on Monday. Eduardo Escobar is going from the Mets to the Angels for a couple minor league players. 
I'm trying to kind of figure this out because I don't feel like the Mets are at a place where they're going to give up. Uh, but this definitely feels like a sell-off. You've got an established player in Eduardo Escobar who isn't having that great of a season. He's hitting 236, not a ton of power, four home runs, 16 RBIs, has appeared in 40 games this year. But an established major league guy has had some good seasons. 2019, he had a 35 home run season. 2018, a 23 home run season. 2021, a 28 home run season. So he's had some good years. Uh, and good years fairly recently. Maybe he's a change of scenery kind of guy, but he gets moved. And this feels like a sell off for the Mets because the Mets are getting minor league players back. But I don't believe that that team is going through a sell off right now. And maybe this is just they're, they're just attempting to clear the deck a little bit for something that they think might be better down the line. I don't know. But again, this is a this is a trade that's happening. It's a trade involving an established major league player. And it's a trade involving a major league player for minor league players. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about in our left set last segment with John Mosellock speaking about the four things that they could potentially do at the trade deadline, depending on where things are at. Buy, sell, do nothing, or make a trade where you're kind of buying and selling at the same time, where it's more of a reshuffling of the roster and you're trying to fix some deficiencies in some areas by using some of your surpluses at other areas. And generally that involves two teams that are both contending. Um, and that would be, that would be the thing that right now seems to be the most likely sort of thing. And the other thing to think through here, they don't have a lot of starting pitching locked up for next season. So if they are going to go make one of these trades if they can get a starting pitcher that has some club control beyond this year involved, if they can make that move, that makes things at least a little bit easier come the offseason when in many ways you might be trying to, to rebuild a, a starting rotation. So it's just, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time right now for, for major league baseball. It's an interesting time for the Cardinals because you're still more than a month out from the trade deadline. So the teams that are going to clearly be selling, they're probably not ready to sell quite yet because they want to go into a market where they can have teams basically bidding against each other. But if you do make those trades, that's not really a buy or a sell, but it's a trade that's going to try to make both teams better. Well, you can probably pull those type of moves off right now. And I just don't, I don't know what that's going to uh, completely look like, but we had, you know, the, I mentioned the John Morosi tweet from yesterday where he mentioned the Cardinals and the Mariners maybe being a good fit. Uh, talk about Robert Murray's comments that the Brewers would might be interested in, in Tyler O'Neill. Now, I don't think the Cardinals are going to deal with the Brewers, but there's there is interest uh, in in Tyler O'Neill, and that's where, um, well, at least there there was there. I don't know if there is or there was or you know if, the, if it's being built up. Artificially, it's um, and again the Tyler O'Neill thing. I just don't know what the team does with him moving forward. How much can you rely on him to stay healthy? Is he going to get healthy? Right now, he's on the sixty-day injured list. That's another side of this. That once you activate him, you got to find a spot for him on the twenty-six man roster, and you got to find a spot for him on the forty-man roster. And those things do tend to work themselves out. But the last thing you would ever want is to potentially lose a player as a result of needing to clear a 40-man roster spot. And then all of a sudden, Tyler O'Neill returns, and he's just injured once again very, very quickly. And if that happens, I think 
this is kind of the last stand at this point for O'Neal. I think he's got one chance left in him that he gets healthy this year. They get him back onto the roster. If he gets injured again, I don't, I don't know how you move forward and have any hope that he's going to be able to contribute to this team this year. And trading him away is such a dangerous proposition because we know the kind of player he can be. We saw it a couple years ago. Now, whether that was an anomaly or if he was fully healthy, that's what he's going to be. There is going to be some belief from some baseball executives out there that he can turn back into that. Baseball executives are also smart enough to realize that they don't want to just uh, just give away too much for a player that can't stay healthy. So if you're the Cardinals and you're really, really motivated to trade away Tyler O'Neill, then you're probably not going to get a whole lot back for him. So when he goes to another team, if he doesn't do a whole lot for that other team, well, that's kind of what you expected. That's what the uh, that's that, that's why you got back for what you got back from. But but what if he fi- figures it out? And what if he gets back to some version of who he was two years ago? Then it really feels like you lost that trade. I don't know how the Cardinals win a trade involving Tyler O'Neill without another team completely overpaying, which seems incredibly unlikely when you consider the health history that Tyler O'Neill has had recently. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, when we return, we are going to be joined by uh, Bill McDermott, Sir Soccer, Mr. Soccer, All Things Soccer. We'll talk with him about uh, City SC and uh, what he's thinking about this team as they are currently uh they're struggling a bit right now. What is uh, Bill McDermott's thoughts on all that? We'll discuss it with him in just a moment. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line, and we're back with more in just a moment right here on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A great bar sports open line rolling on here on KMOX. I have about 40 minutes left in the program. Big weekend locally. The Cardinals obviously playing in London tomorrow and Sunday. 
And City SC, they are trying to get things put back together. They have been struggling recently. On Wednesday, they lose to a Real Salt Lake by a 3-1 score. you got to go all the way back to that uh, matchup against uh, Houston in the first week of June to uh, find a victory for them. To talk all things City SC soccer, we're very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line and welcome in Mr. Soccer, Sir Soccer. He is Bill McDermott. Bill, always appreciate you taking some time. How are you? Fine, man. How you been? I'm all right. What's your concern level right now with uh, City SC? They're having a hard time finding victories. Well, they are, and that's uh, due in large part, not the only reason that they're losing these games, but due in large part that they're missing some real key players, far most among which is their 10-shirt, Edward Leuven. He is the guy that makes that final pass, the one who shows his creativity throughout the entire 90 minutes. And I emphasize making that final pass, Matt, because that was what was sorely, sorely lacking in the game, the most recent loss to Real Salt Lake, in particular in that second half. And as a matter of fact, Real Salt Lake, and this is rare, rare indeed, for a visiting team to come into St. Louis and make St. Louis chase the ball a bit. So a little alarmed about that, but it's just a halfway point, Matt. So I think everything's okay. Uh, St. Louis is still in second place. Uh, Los Angeles FC, in virtue of their win over Seattle on Wednesday night, they jump on top in the Western Conference with 32 points, but St. Louis close behind with 29 points. Now, there might be a reason for concern going out to San Jose because they have a fabulous record so far this year. They're 6-0-3. and And this is one of the original teams in Major League Soccer. uh, And they have continued to grow since that 1996 effort when they were the San Jose Clash. I don't know why the league ever consented to change some names, but there was so much equity built up in the San Jose Earthquake. So far, they went back to that. And as I just mentioned, they're playing superbly at PayPal Park. How much, how do you navigate through, especially when it comes to Klaus, how do you Mm -hmm. navigate through not pushing him back too early, wanting to make sure that he's available for the playoffs, but also making sure that he gets a little bit of time before uh, the regular season comes to an end. It just, it it seems somewhat complicated. You want him back for the playoffs, but you also don't want him to be back just for the playoffs. Exactly, Matt, and uh, uh, foremost among which in all of your reasonings is that you do not want him to tear a quadricep muscle. Uh, That is a nightmare for a soccer player, either a torn hamstring or a torn quadricep. Vital muscle for a soccer player, uh, any type of an athlete, but in particular a soccer player. And that that may have happened when he tried to come back and they had a brief, a brief setback, but nonetheless, he has not played for a good two months now, and you sorely miss him. But Joe Akini is doing his absolute best. I mean, he's at 11 playing like a nine. He's changed the way that he's playing. He's doing his best to do his imitation of Klaus, and by that I mean playing with his back to goal, showing early for the midfield players, and players like Vasilev, Ostrak, Pompeo, Stroud, Blom, even though he's a little deeper, they're all trying to contribute. But Joe Kinney, with what he's attempting to do and has done over the last two, three games, uh, he's doing his part to keep the offense on track and to keep this team high atop 
the Western Conference standings. And where they are right now, Matt, as a matter of fact, for an expansion team, it's pretty much unheard of anyway. This is probably a really dumb question, but it's not going to be the first or the last time that I ask a dumb question. <laughs> With In baseball, you get healthy, you go on a major league rehab assignment for two, three games, mm-hmm. you're back playing. You're hot in hockey, you're injured, you get healthy, you go down on a conditioning assignment, a couple, two, three games, and you're back. Soccer, you get healthy, and then there's still quite the ramp up time before you're able to get back into game action. Is it simply because of how much running is going on in any given match? Precisely. That is precisely it, Matt. And uh, fortunately for Klaus, now earlier in the year, uh, City did play on some artificial surface fields. Uh, and that, believe it or not, that does indeed have something to do with it, especially uh, when a player is not accustomed to doing that. That wreaks havoc on your body. Uh, Taylor Twelman, uh, the expert commentator for Apple TV, told me many, many times that artificial surface at Gillette Stadium up in New England, where the Revolution plays, took conservatively estimating two to three years off his career. But that's what you really have to be wary of that for an important player like Klaus Leuven. It's very unusual that they have the same injury, but you're really trying to prevent not a tear in that quadricep muscle because that would that would pretty much be curtains for the end of the year. Speaking of the ramp-up time, that's what Messi is going through right now before he's mm-hmm. going to make his MLS debut. How excited are you? Well, what does it mean? I, I, you know, you go back to like David Beckham joining the league, but yeah. it, it was t- more he, he was more towards the end of his career than Messi. Messi is still in that conversation for one of the greatest soccer players walking the face of the earth. What does it mean for the league and for soccer in the United States of America that Messi's coming over? Uh, it's revolutionizing, revolutionizing the sport. And uh, Messi has said on many occasions he just wanted to live soccer in another way. Now, there has been some other great players to come to this league. David Beckham, as you mentioned in particular, Matt, uh, I think we spoke about this before. When the history of Major League Soccer is written, there should be a chapter devoted to David Beckham. But Thierry Henry, Lothar Mateus, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Wayne Rooney, Carlos Valderrama, uh, Pirlo, uh, Ibrahimovic, all kinds of well-known players, players who have won World Cups. However, when you're recognized as the best player in the sport and when you are crowned as the best player in the sport now that you finally won a World Cup in the World Cup in Qatar and he entertained going to Saudi Arabia, entertained going perhaps back to Barcelona, but I think a lot of it has to do with the United States and what I just said, trying things in a new way, having his children grow up in the United States. But when Pelé came to the United States, he was pretty much a rumor to people. Uh, no one had hardly seen him play on any kind of a regular basis, Matt. There were no regular television games. However, almost everyone now who is a soccer fan and are a sports fan has seen Lionel Messi play the sport and they have seen what he has done to become the best player in the world on seven different occasions, winning the Ballon d'Or that many times. But for him to come to Major League Soccer, this is a totally new avenue for the sport, which, as Don Garber, the commissioner, has said many, many times, and I totally agree with him, it's a sport for a changing America. And you can see the diversity of the fans down at City Park. It proves that. Every home game. 
the Apple TV Plus deal is helping to allow that to happen because he's going to yes, get sir. a percentage of new subscriptions that come in mm-hmm. as he comes in. We talk with the uh, with the Apple TV Plus. We we had um, Daniel Slayton on the on the program earlier today. Every week we're talking to him. Have you like? Is it good for soccer? Have you liked the coverage the way that uh, Apple TV and MLS Season Pass have put together their uh, productions this year? I've had a chance, Matt, to watch a goodly number of the games, and yes, uh, I'm satisfied with what's going on. Sometimes it's not the the easiest venue to get to, but nonetheless. Uh, it's a totally league-wide exposure. That's why I call it the season pass. Now, if you ask a producer how the coverage is, he might vary his answer. Uh, I'd like a few more close-ups. I'd like different replays from different angles. I'd like to uh, use a few more cameras. I'd like to have more people on camera to show the immediacy uh, of people at the event, things of that nature. But that's, that's producer talking. You're going to get that from any producer anywhere in the world. Uh, but they're showing the games on a regular basis, keeping you up to date with what's going on around the league, and they're doing that on a consistent basis. So I went uh, as I went as a fan for the first time ever a couple weekends ago when they played the LA Galaxy on that Sunday afternoon. It was mm-hmm. a great opportunity to take a family. It's it's a little tougher when you got a four year old to go to a, a seven thirty kickoff as opposed yes, to <laughs> uh, you know noon one o'clock whatever time that was, and. I didn't realize how much I was going to love it when you're able to sit back and see everything. Every single time down the field, it's like a baseball run scoring opportunity because they're sitting there trying to set something up and there's a possibility that's going to come into a scoring chance. And then I watch the games on TV and there's just no way to show that on television. And that's where I'm torn with this right now because I enjoyed it so much live, but not everybody, that's the toughest ticket to get in St. Louis right now. Not everybody can go experience experience it live you bring up a very good assessment matt because at the venue you are right on top of all the action and that is very purposeful uh also the noise level it was built that way purposefully 40 feet below street level to contain all the noise that has so much to do with it uh you're for all intents and purposes no matter where you sit in the venue at city park You have a tremendous outlook to watch the stadium. And as you just pointed out, you're able to see things develop. You see how City at home is trying to win games, but also to entertain in the process. That's what's pretty much mandatory for any home team. Win games, but entertain as well. And I think they've been doing that as well. Yeah, a little hiccup here and there, but they play 34 games. And every team in the world goes through this, man. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester City, they don't win all their games. They do win the majority of them. Of course they do. Some of the best teams in the world I just mentioned. But throughout the entirety of an overall season with the rigors of play, sometimes playing on a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, it takes its toll. And that's what transpired with Klaus and Leuven. Last thing for you, I want to uh, shift gears for a moment. We're talking uh-huh. with uh, Bill McDermott. We learned about a week ago that Becky Sauerbrunn was not going to be yeah. available for the Women's World Cup. I mean, we we all think the world of her here in, in St. Louis, and she means so much to the uh, women's U.S. national team. What, what were your thoughts? What were your feelings when you found out? And you don't totally know if she's going to get another opportunity in that event. That's exactly right, Matt. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so, uh, but we don't know. This woman is totally driven. She once told me that if at the end of a game, 
No one says anything about me or the way I played. That is how I prefer it. She had said initially when she was named captain of the national team, she thought that she had to be a, uh, an extrovert among a total group of extroverts, and that is not her. But for Becky, I feel total heartbreak. That's pretty much what she said for her teammates. Now, she joins a growing list. Uh, Mallory Swanson, uh, Katerina Macario, Sam uh, Buis, Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Becky, obviously at the top of the list of skilled, experienced players on this national team who are not going to be able to play in this year's World Cup. And that's why there are 14 newcomers, Matt, 14 newcomers on a national team. But they have a chance to do something unprecedented, win three World Cups in a row. I mean, you look on their shirt. There's four stars on their shirt. They've won four World Cups out of eight World Cups. That is absolute dominance. However, this year, England, Spain, Germany, France, a host of other nations, everybody's as the United States is progressing, getting better, so also are other countries. So this will be probably their most competitive World Cup. He is Bill McDermott. I always appreciate your time. I always appreciate your expertise. Have a, uh, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, Matt, very much. Talk to you soon. All right, very good. There's Bill McDermott joining us here on the program. Sir Soccer, talking all things soccer. City SC in action tomorrow on the road against San Jose. Vantage Credit Union game time, 930. Listen in on our sister station, Y98, over on the FM dial to uh, be able to listen in to that broadcast and see if City SC is going to get things going once again. When we return, we'll talk uh, all things Cardinals, Mizzou. We'll see what else we get into with uh, Corey Miller from uh, Channel 5. He joins us in just a moment as we roll on right here on KMOX. does continue here on KMOX. We're very happy to uh, welcome onto the program. You see him on uh, Channel 5. He is a sports reporter. He has also recently gotten the uh, promotion to Weekend Sports Anchor. He's Corey Miller. You follow him on Twitter at Corey underscore Miller 5. Corey, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I wish I could walk out on set to that music, Matt. You got me. You got the perfect music to welcome me on here. I, I, you're a Seinfeld guy. We uh, we have that in common. So yes, we uh, will try our best if we can always remember to bring you in with uh, Seinfeld music each week. <laughs> I love it. How many episodes of Seinfeld do you generally watch per week? Oh gosh, uh, you know I've said this actually on air before in our sports office. I think we watch more Seinfeld than we watch sports, which I don't know what that says about us, but. Uh, yeah, we uh, we uh, we go pretty hard here in the sports office. Uh, I think Tuesdays it's not on when we're when we're here, but uh, other than that, it's pretty much uh, two o'clock through five o'clock, uh, three hours. There, we're going straight Seinfeld. That's nothing wrong. I, almost on a daily basis, and in the Pauly household, we have just about every streaming service you can have: Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Apple TV, what whatever. Um, I'll spend 15 minutes going from one streaming service to another streaming service to another streaming service trying to find something to watch. I have a million wonderful programs that I've never seen before, and more often than not, I'll just go, you know what, I'm just going to put Seinfeld on. 
Oh yeah, been been there, done that. <laughs> this uh, this Cardinals trip to London. What we've had the discussion here. Like, is this is this more for the people of London to experience baseball? Is it more about uh, a way to spotlight? You know, have these spotlight mile marker games for people in the United States. How do you kind of uh, evaluate the importance of these games over the next couple of days? Well, you know, I think this game has hit me right at the perfect time. I just got done doing a speed run through Ted Lasso okay. and uh, and finished it up. So I was already in the English mood, and now the Cardinals are over there. I, you know, I think the more places you can get baseball to on a regular basis, the better it is. Uh, Adam Wainwright, I just talked to uh, the athletics Katie Wu, who's over there and helps us out at, at Channel 5 every, every once in a while. And uh, she mentioned how this is going to be his fourth different country he's pitched in, which is kind of awesome. So uh, I, I think the players think it's cool, and I think obviously everybody that uh, is getting these visitors in thinks it's pretty neat as well. And like I said, the more baseball uh, you can get to more places, the better it is. Is there a is there a positive or is it a negative to kind of having this thing that's breaking right in the middle of the season? You're playing two games over five days, and there's the pomp and circumstance. There's the workout day at London Stadium, almost like you would have uh, in front of a, a playoff series. It's a very kind of weird in a baseball season, which is so based upon routine. It's taking everything out of a routine. That's a good point, and I, I think uh, we'll find out on Tuesday when the Astros come to town just how much. Uh, it maybe has has messed with with the club, but hey, maybe they could use a little bit out of the norm. I, I mean, they've been a little bit better in the last couple of weeks, but the season has not gone as they planned. So maybe they needed something a little bit different, get away, go on a, a little bit of a bonding uh, experience that uh, they're not used to 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 kickstart some stuff. The the Cincinnati Reds and they were down five nothing earlier today to Atlanta. The Reds now lead the Braves nine seven through five innings. Can this is a really young group, and I think when we talk about the chances of the Cardinals building back up through the division, it's largely based upon the hope that the Reds can kind of come back to earth, but they've got a ton of talented guys, and every single time you think they're going to lose, I, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day on this one, but they keep doing things like they're doing right now against Atlanta. Yeah, I've been following that game a little bit today. I think De La Cruz is three for three, and I think Joey Votto might have hit another home run. And uh, the Reds are definitely the team to buy stock in the Central. We've been we'd like to have uh, have keep saying that it's okay for the Cardinals. Maybe not okay, but better than, better than it could be because they're in the NL Central and everybody's just going to come back to them. But the Reds might have something to say about that. They're nine games up on the Cardinals right now, a game and a half up on. Uh, Milwaukee, eleven in a row, could be twelve after tonight. I think they uh, they got a sell out there in Cincinnati too, which is which is nice to see because uh, it hasn't been like that lately for them. Uh, but if you're looking for a team to run away with it, Cincinnati definitely hitting all the right notes to make you think they could do it. It's rather remarkable when you think about the the attendance because this is a group of fans that have been as unhappy with ownership and the baseball decisions as just about any fan base out there, maybe outside of Oakland, and, and here they are because the team is playing well, all of a sudden you're getting full houses at Great American Ballpark. I think I saw, oh gosh, I hope I don't I don't butcher this tweet, but I saw a tweet saying that I, I think earlier this year they had like the lowest attendance ever at Great American Ballpark for a game, and now they're selling it out, and that was like two months ago when they had uh, that kind of attendance. So, Things can turn around fast. Maybe the Cardinals can take a page from that and 
try and turn it around just as fast. Wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of Mizzou things before we get out of here. You're a, you're a Mizzou guy. What does it just mean for uh, to see a, a Kobe Brown make the decision to bet on himself and, and leave the program and go into the NBA draft? Most people did not have him as a first-round selection, and, and lo and behold, he's able to uh, turn into a late first-rounder. It's just a really cool story because if you've heard him talk, Kobe Brown, if you've been around him at all, you know just what a good guy he is, too. And uh, Mizzou fans, I'm sure, would have loved to have seen him back in the black and gold, especially uh, keep building on the momentum that Dennis Gates has got. But when he does keep his name in the draft, you're just crossing your fingers so he can go in that first round and get that bigger payday and have that little more prestige. And it actually happened. I couldn't believe that the Clippers took him with the 30th overall pick. And he kind of said in his Zoom availability that he couldn't believe it either. He thought he was going to be a second-round pick. His agents were the only ones who were telling him, no, it could go in the first, it could go in the first. Uh, But it was just great to see. And uh, hopefully the first of many first-round picks for Dennis Gates at Mizzou. I saw something today on Twitter. It came from Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch. He included an exchange that he had with Gates. And Gates asked Matter, how tall are you? And um, Gates uh, Matter answered and and went on. And he was talking specifically about center Connor uh, Vanover because Connor Vanover goes 7'5". And Gates says to Matter, let's humanize Vanover because no one walks around asking Dave Matter how tall he is. And... (laughs) I've I've never heard that from a coach. I got I love I love it in sports when we don't look at people as robots and we look at them as human beings and I think the best people who work in sports are able to humanize all aspects of it. So when I see that exchange between Gates and, and a reporter, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I saw that and that gave that gave me a good chuckle, but that's really who Dennis Gates is and who we're all learning about his personality. I can't even remember how many times this season he went out of his way in press conference to to say how much he wants to be invested in these guys. He wants to sit by their parents at their weddings, and he wants to sit with them on draft night. He was down in Alabama with Kobe Brown's family last night to celebrate. So, uh, yeah, Dennis Gates definitely building it the right way, and I think just more and more guys are – are going to buy in uh, to what he's saying, and the results are there too. We also learned that uh, Yuri Collins is going to play summer league for uh, the Golden State Warriors. Feels like if if an NBA team out there really gives him an opportunity to be him, he brings a skill set that would be a little bit unique to the NBA. I just saw that actually on Twitter, and uh, I, listen, if there was any spot for Yuri Collins to learn how to be an NBA point guard. It's Golden State. I know this is just the summer league, so I don't know how much he's actually you know, going to be chopping it up with Chris Paul and, and Steph Curry, but if he somehow is able to make the roster, you couldn't ask for a better couple guys to try and model your game after. So uh, wishing the best for Yuri Collins for sure. You want to see the, the St. Louis kid and the St. Louis U kid uh, succeed on, on the next level, and there's no doubt that he can run an offense and uh, and blow your mind with some of his passes hopefully hopefully the shooting uh improves a little bit this summer and he can really come out swinging in the summer league all right so what's the play as the weekend sports anchor now you it's not too often that uh, there's games happening uh, pretty early in the morning do you have to be uh, at work logging anything are you able to come in later and take care of that what's the uh, early morning cardinal games uh, especially the morning game on sunday but even early day what does that do for your weekend Oh, well, I'll be up watching, but I, thankfully I get a watch from my house, and I just uh, get to put in a request for our uh, our great people here at the station to 
make sure they record on it so I can have some highlights when I get in. But I'll be up early uh, watching uh, the action from across the pond from the, the comfort of my living room. Are you going to have inspired food from London while you watch? You know, I like a lot of things about London, but their food, I don't know quite. Maybe some biscuits like Ted Lasso uh, had. But other than that, I don't know if I'd uh, I'd care for a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I read once, and I'm not trying to give away too much for people who have not seen Ted Lasso, but I read that the original recipe on the biscuits, cookies that he gave to his boss at the when that show first started, that they were absolutely horrible and that they had to change the recipe midway through uh, that show because of how bad they tasted. That's a great tidbit. I love that. I am also a uh, Ted Lasso guy, so we've got that in common (laughs) as well. Uh, Corey, always appreciate you taking some time with us. Have a uh, wonderful weekend, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark real soon. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. You bet. There's Corey Miller from uh, Channel 5 Sports Reporter Weekend Anchor at Corey underscore Miller 5. Always appreciate him uh, spending a little bit of time with us. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this week's worth of shows, uh, wrap up a couple things in terms of uh, what the Cardinals are going to be doing this weekend. Look ahead to uh, this London series. We're back with more in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on KMOX, the Graybar Sports Open Line. Just a few minutes left in the program. If you want to get in here, you can. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Got a text message saying, can a team negotiate with another team's free agent before a trade? Too many guys competing for a few spots on the Cardinals. Trade O'Neal, Carlson, Yepes, DeYoung, Libertor, another AAA pitcher, and whatever for Otani. 20 years for $650 million. Have Albert and Newt sweet-talk him. Get the ace and the power hitter that they need. Both slots are worth $30 million each, but must sign Flaherty. Five years, about $100 million. Uh, They'll be losing a lot of salary next year. Got great pitchers in the minors. They'll be uh, cost-controlled. Having Otani will increase the gate uh, at other cities. Be bold. That is bold. That is bold. Like <laughs> there is no doubt that that's bold. Um, I for few things here. Let's let's push the dominoes down and go one by one. Angels are not trading Otani as long as they are contending. They're just not, and he brings in a lot of money to to the Angels as well. If they were absolutely tanking, and he had made it very clear that there was zero percent chance that he would be back next year. They, they probably make a move and trade him. They're contending. They're not going to trade him. He's going to go to free agency. I don't think he's going to be uh, an angel next season. You can negotiate a little bit. If, if there's a trade in place, the other team, I believe, is allowed to allow, you know, is, is allowed to give permission to an agent to speak with another team in front of a trade, uh, that sort of thing. doesn't happen that often. seems to happen maybe in some other sports a little bit often, but I, I think that can be done. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time it happened, to be perfectly honest with you. 20 years, $650 million. I don't see the Cardinals giving out a 20-year contract. And I don't know how good that contract would look after 20 years. It's uh you know the the annual average value thirty two and a half. He might 
make it more than that. Like I just, I I think there's um, if there is an avenue for the Cardinals to someday get Shohei Otani, I don't think this is the avenue. But I I certainly appreciate uh, the idea of it, and I do think I think the Cardinals need to clean up their forty man roster. They just got they got too many good players on the forty man roster who don't really have a future on the big league roster, and it's going to get to a point where they're going to need to add other guys to the forty man roster, and they're going to lose these players for absolutely nothing. I've been talking about this since the off season. Talk about it over and over and over. It's it's a really weird situation when you talk about having too much depth. But when you sit there and you develop players and players have value, but they're still blocked at the big league level for whatever reason, you put all that work into guys, you got to get something. You got to get something for them. And if nothing else, I am hopeful that as the Cardinals do move towards the trade deadline, at the very least, there's going to be an opportunity for them to clear the deck a little bit on the 40-man roster where they don't go into the offseason and they're forced to take some guys off the 40-man roster and lose the players for, for absolutely nothing. Um, now, teams tend to overvalue their own prospects. That's a true thing. Teams will admit that. I think I've heard John Mozalak essentially admit that as well. You know, sometimes how you view a player and how the industry views the player are two different things. So you don't want to give up a player for less than what you think they're worth. But at the same time, if it is likely that you're going to lose that player for nothing, then just getting something for them is is where there's a, a little bit of value there. So, yeah, I, I it's going to be an interesting offseason, and I do think the trade deadline this year plays into what the roster is going to look like next year. I don't mean to just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over, but the idea that it's not just about buying or selling, but it's about acquiring pieces that can help this team now while also helping in future years, that's probably the way to go. And when you're doing that, you're going to have to give up some pieces off of your major league roster. But what that allows you to do is even if you go make a move like that, let's say you don't make it into the postseason, you don't completely feel like you gave away something for nothing. If if you go get a rental and you give away something pretty solid for a rental and then you don't make it to the playoffs, it feels like you wasted whatever asset that you used to acquire that rental. And that that's the cost of doing business. Like that's something that you don't completely, that happens to every team every year. And you want to be a fan of a team that has the attitude of going all in and doing what they need to do. But it's one of those things where at the same time, if you could see the future, if you knew that this was not going to turn you into a playoff team, you probably wouldn't make that move because of what you give away. Unless again, it goes back to one of those situations where what you're giving away is something that you are uh, likely to lose anyways. All right, so here's what's coming up over the uh, next couple days. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's, I, I think it's good, and we'll see if I'm right or not. We, we might find out right away when the Cardinals come back from, uh, from all this and match up against the uh, Astros uh, next week at home. They'll get Monday off, so they'll travel out after the game on Sunday, and then they're back at home for uh, a series against the Astros and a homestand that also includes the Nationals. But 
the schedule for the weekend, these two games that are going to be played, the London series, they're going to play tomorrow at 12.10. So that means our coverage tomorrow will begin at 11.15. A reminder for you, these games are going to be nationally televised. So if you want, uh, Cardinals did send uh, Spanish-language radio. So there are two Cardinals broadcast, uh, local broadcasts that are going to be originating from London, the Cardinals Radio Network English broadcast and the Cardinals Radio Network Spanish broadcast. So if you want to get the Cardinals broadcast, the place to get it right here on KMOX and across the Cardinals Radio Network. Adam Wainwright getting a really cool opportunity. They set it up this way on purpose. I think there's uh, we'll, we'll probably bring this up a few times moving forward from here. They, with all the off days, they could have essentially started – any two pitchers that they wanted to start uh, in this London series. And they went with Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty. So that was a very purposeful thing. Wainwright is going to pitch tomorrow for the 1210 uh, first pitch. And then Sunday morning, nine o'clock in the morning is the scheduled first pitch time, 9 a.m. That means our coverage here on uh, KMOX is going to begin just a little bit after eight o'clock. I want to say thank you to everyone. We had a I really enjoyed the guests that we talked to today. Not that I don't enjoy the guests that we talk to every day, but uh, good guest today. Tyler Maughan from London. Uh, Daniel Slayton is going to be uh, broadcasting uh, the City Match this weekend on Apple TV. Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott, and uh, we just talked with uh, Corey Miller. So, good show. Thanks so much for being with us uh, throughout the week. More shows than normal because of these Cardinal off days. We'll get back to a more normal schedule next week, but we will have a show on Monday. Have already confirmed Robert Murray, who's been reporting some things about uh, the Cardinals and interest in some Cardinals players. So uh, we'll have uh, Robert on at 635 on Monday. You'll definitely want to be tuned in for that. That is it for this uh, edition of the program. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy those London games, and we'll talk to you Monday right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.